0: Welcome one and all to Let's Unpack It, a podcast where we look at church, faith, and theology and unpack a single topic about it. I'm your host, Josh Doehler, and this week we're going to do something just slightly different than what we've been doing the past two weeks uh, and something I'm going to be wanting to sprinkle in every now and then. We're just going to take a look at a book in the Bible. Uh, So this week, let's unpack the book of Esther. Now, just a little bit of backstory before we start in on everything kind of about this book that I want to talk about. Um, First off, it's in the Hebrew Bible, uh, which is what is traditionally thought of as the Old Testament. When you look at the Christian or Catholic Bibles, uh, it's the Hebrew Bible, uh, part of the Torah is what they like to uh, call it there. And for a lot of people, it's one of the most important books in the Hebrew Bible. It It celebrates a failed genocide plan against the people of Israel, Uh, and it's a book that is the center of the festival of Purim, which happens kind of during late February, early March every single year. Uh, It moves around a little bit just because it's on the Hebrew calendar and not the Gregorian calendar. So, that's why it switches around uh, right about every single year. Um, Another thing interesting about this book is that it's one of the two books uh, in what we have as the canonical Bible, Old Testament and New Testament uh, Catholic or Christian version. Uh, that doesn't mention the word God or Yahweh um, which Yahweh is the term for what uh, God was called in Hebrew which means uh, I am who I am um, the only other book in the canon of the Bible and when I use the word canon I don't mean like military canon it's just a term or phrase Uh, you could also call it a library for just a collection of books about a single um, idea so the canon of the bible uh the only other book in there that doesn't mention god or yahweh by name uh, is the song of songs or a song of solomon depending on which version of the bible you grew up with it will be called one of two things but that book is the only other one besides esther that doesn't mention the name of god directly so esther is known as a book about a girl who is in persia and is jewish she's an orphan and she's an exile um, she becomes the queen to uh, King Xerxes the first, and it happens kind of in the time frame of four hundred and eighty to four hundred and seventy three BC. Uh, kind of in that time frame. So why do I want to specifically talk about this book as kind of the first introduction to looking at a book, breaking it down, talking about it? Well, I recently kind of reread this again. It's one of those books that you know the story of, but very rarely I feel, um, is talked about as a book that you should go back to and reread to learn more things about it. So I recently did that. Uh, and I was very interested personally by the inclusion of this book, uh, in the larger Bible. Um, and I think it's a good book to kind of follow up on the last episode, kind of about the Bible, how we take the Bible at face value and we don't really dig into things and wrestle with the nitty gritty of the weirdness of the Bible itself. Um, Because to me, if you look at it as a theologically important book that you can kind of impart any um, real political or deeper understanding of the character of God into this book, um, you're not really reading it correctly. Um, You're not going to find a whole lot of that in this book. It doesn't mean that this book shouldn't be included in the Bible. In fact, I I think it's a really important book to have in the Bible. Um, it's very, you know, interesting, and I'm glad it was included in kind of the grand collection that is the Bible. It's also a really strange book, though. So I'm going to do a quick overview of the story of Esther, kind of what some of the traditional theological takeaways that people have had about Esther are, um, why I find those slightly strange, and then what I personally, when I read Esther, understand Esther, what I take away from it, and why that's important. Um, so this is just going to kind of be a general overview of the book of Esther. Um, I really recommend going through rereading Esther. Um, either you can pause now and come back to the podcast or finish the podcast, go reread Esther yourself. Um, you can, you know, Bible, either phone, laptop, physical paper, uh, dead trees, you know, whichever way you want to go about it. Um. Doesn't really matter the translation, in my opinion, uh, but I used the NIV um, when I read through it and kind of picking some turn of phrase for it on specific translations just because it's what I'm most comfortable with. It's the easiest thing for me to read, which personally I think should be the most important uh, translation to you, the one that makes the most amount of sense to you, and the one that you can understand the best. Um, So anyways, let's get into the book. So the book starts with King Xerxes getting upset at his wife uh, for not coming to him when he called for her because he wanted to display her in front of everyone at a banquet that he was showing uh, so that they could admire her beauty, is what they call it, um, depending on the translation. You, it'll be either um, with clothes on or without clothes on, depending on how in-depth they want to get about it. Um, so he talks to the wise men of the law that he knows, uh, trusted confidants, and they all say that they need to, that, um, the king needs to get rid of, uh, Vashti, the queen, uh, was her name and that she should be exiled and a new queen is to be found for him. So that's what happens. Uh, so Esther is an orphan, uh, who's being looked after by Mordecai, who's her uncle. They're both exiled, uh jewish people uh, from their homelands here in this weird place esther is brought forth to the king goes through all of these trials and uh kind of tribulations i guess would be a way to put it but um, finds favor in the eye of the king uh, becomes the one that the king favors more than any other woman who is brought forward to him and she now becomes the queen mordecai uh, noticed that a few of the king's uh, guards were plotting to assassinate him. He tells Esther, Esther tells the king, um, whole things get whole thing gets foiled. Esther and Mordecai are praised by the king. But when the king was parading in front of uh, his um, civilians, I guess would see or not not servants, but subjects. Um, his, the king's right hand man, Notice that Mordecai did not bow down, um, and so they plotted to have Mordecai killed as well as everyone who was part of Mordecai's people, which is the Jewish people. Mordecai finds out about this, um, helps have Esther convince the king to go against killing the Jews, which the king had already agreed to, and to have the man uh, Haman, who convinced the king to you know, go against, go against the Jewish people calling for their genocide. Um, Go against that, and Haman is eventually hung because that is what Esther wants. Uh, Then after that, the Jewish people were allowed to take up arms and defend themselves against any of their enemies, and then they proceed to kill all of the people who were enemies against them. But they don't take their plunder, which plunder in that day of age meant food horses animals women so they killed all the enemies but didn't take any of that traditional uh warfare stuff for themselves um and so the story referencing all of these different things is what the basis of the festival of purim is on and then the book ends talking about how mordecai becomes second in command to the king and how he was very important for the king going forward so that's kind of the overview of the book. Uh, orphan girl becomes queen, stops a plot against her people. It's now celebrated as a festival for forever. So, what are the, the kind of traditional things that people take out of Esther as like theological talking points or importances behind this? Well, some of those ideas mostly fall into the ideas of well, God has a plan for our lives, and even if we don't know why it's happening, that we need to stick the course and God will have a plan for us. Saying that you know, Mordecai and Esther didn't think that being exiled from their homelands, Esther having her parents killed, um, she wouldn't end up being where she is and therefore that's God's plan. We never know what it's gonna look like. Uh, God is there even when he isn't there is another one that people usually take out of it, saying even though the name of God isn't said in this book you know, you can see God's fingerprints fingerprints, throughout all of this, uh, just all over. God demands obedience is another one that I found, that if you just, similar to what Esther did to Mordecai, listen and obey, good things are going to happen. Uh, and then that we must also stand with courage when it's going to be difficult for us to, like Esther stood with courage before the king asking for him to go against what he already decided to do, to write a royal decree against the royal decree that he had just written and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, some of these are important important lessons from Esther that we should still have as people today, you know, in 21st century uh, America specifically. uh, To stand with courage is important even when it's difficult and hard and may not be the um, socially acceptable or... Um, traditional thing to do. Uh, That God has a plan for our lives is also extremely important. Uh, You never know what's going to happen. And the trusting in God that he's going to see you through and that he has good things planned for you in the future is really important. Um, You know, Esther is a great example of that. Um, Even though I personally would... Choose other people uh, to better display that um, idea, such as a uh, Daniel or uh, Paul or John. You know, a lot of other people in the Bible I would rather use than Esther, but still a good example. But some of the things that um, you know almost no one talks about in the book is the reason that uh, Vashti was removed from her position of the queen, which honestly, most likely means killed uh, was because she didn't follow the orders of the King to just wear her crown in front of a whole banquet of nobles and officers, um, officials and such. So basically that she didn't want to honor a drunken King's request to parade her his naked wife around for everybody. The fact that she said no to that is the reason why Esther became queen, which is a really weird thing if you think about it. Because that doesn't seem like a traditionally Christian concept, or something that traditionally you'll hear about in, say, Sunday school about Esther. Um, no one ever talks about the fact that Esther really just listens to Mordecai and you never hear her... Sp- think of something for herself or say an original thought in the entire time she's basically uh kind of Mordecai's puppet in a sense if you want to take a look at it that way of she just parrots everything that Mordecai wants to say to the king so Mordecai really is the hero of the story but the book is named Esther I'll get into why I think that's important later other other things people don't talk about is the fact that When told that they can defend themselves, the Jewish people kill thousands upon thousands of people who are labeled their enemy. And it doesn't say whether or not these people attacked them first, it just talks about the thousands of people that the Jewish people killed. Doesn't say that they were being attacked, they just saw, they just see it as they are our enemies so therefore we are going to kill them. It's one of those weird things to think about when you think about Jesus and New Testament Christianity, the violence of the Old Testament, which is, you know, a duality that people sometimes don't want to talk about because it's difficult and it's hard and it takes a little more than five minutes, you know, to talk about. You know, another thing that people don't really talk about is this happened during the time of the Babylonian exile. That's why the Jewish people are not in Israel, or at the time it would be uh, Judea. Um, The Babylonian exile in biblical history is told to have happened because the Jewish people did not listen to God. And that uh, it was kind of a punishment to God's people that God let this thing happen. So we're working with all of these different ideas and time frames of things happening all at once here. So what do all of these things have to do with the greater narrative of the Bible? This collection of books that all talk about this one central idea of God and of Christ. It's a massively important story in Jewish history. It's written in such a way that people would be able to verify the story in history and explain to others very succinctly what happened. It's also important because uh, it's the salvation of the entire people group from annihilation in a kingdom. You know, it's if uh, more modern day understanding of it could be if someone got into Hitler's ear and said, hey, you should not annihilate all of these Jewish people. It's kind of on the same level of. That's how important something that happened was, was stopping this mass execution of a people group. It also has the queen of an exiled people group being an important figure of the story. Not just a queen in that people group, but someone from that group, the Jewish group, became queen herself. Someone who is looked upon as lowest of the low, people without a home, basically. Similar to modern-day uh, immigrants, if you want to in, a, in America or anywhere in Western Europe right now, this disdain that a lot of people look towards immigrants with, imagine one of them um, from the Middle East becoming queen. That's kind of what happened. That's the power dynamic shift in the Book of Esther that happens with her becoming queen, even though the king didn't know about it. It also shows the strength of having a female saving the people, which is an extremely rare thing for the history, especially in that time and for most of history. Um, there's almost no verified female authors. There's a few, maybe it was written by female books in the entire collections of the Bible, but you know it was written mostly by men for men, and collected together by men and decided what was canonical and what wasn't by men so like it's a very patriarchal system the entire bible but yet here's this story straight in the middle of that back when women were kind of seen as property more than as a human that a woman saved an entire people group especially in the jewish faith something that um, has been very patriarchal um, at times then very open and accepting to women in general which is something very subversive about historical Jewish faith and even to modern day Jewish faith Um, and towards Christian faith at some reason. It shows an overarching story of a God that wants female participation and female glory and female equality because of all of these different stories of Mary Magdalene, the mother Mary, um, you know, Esther, all of the um, different women Throughout who were unnamed, um, the female judge back in Judges, you know, all of these different stories that are like, this is different than what's happening at the exact same time everywhere else, showing the unique uniqueness of this God compared to everything else that's happening at this time. Um, and this book was also written after the fact, you know, this, when you read the book, you definitely get the idea that this was written years after this happened, after the festival of Purim even started itself. So it's more of a historical understanding of why do we celebrate these things. And then also that's why it does have a slightly more Mordecai, Esther, Jewish people, uh, positive spin on it is because it's celebrating the reason why they celebrate the festival um so understanding that even though they did slaughter thousands of people so what impact does the book of esther have on 21st century american christians honestly not a whole lot outside of understanding the history of the people of god you know understanding the history of these this jewish people understanding the greater context of everything that was happening we don't celebrate the festival of purim as american christians Uh, you know most of us don't live in a society where having a woman speak up against an idea that their husband has especially if the husband is someone who's an important figure um, would get them killed you know that's not really something that would happen um anymore, it's not like if the president's wife says something to him, he's gonna have her executed um, at worst he'll divorce her, um, which completely different topic. but you know that's that's really kind of the worst that can happen in twenty first century America, having a high powered person's wife ask for some for him to go against something that he already decreed. There's no such thing as kind of ethnic Christians, um no matter how many, people identify as christian more than they identify as anything else you're not ethnically christian um so you're really not under any physical threat of violence for being christian in america right now because as much as people like to say christians are under attack they're not really under attack um culture is just changing but you're not going to be physically attacked for being christian or physically um you know, seen as lesser for being a Christian um, in general. So why do I think it's important that the book of Esther is here, and what do I take out of the book of Esther? For me, it's beautiful to understand this book as a greater narrative of the Bible in general, that it's about people's wrestling and weird relationship with this God figure that we all have and even when God isn't there it's still important that God can do stuff even if God is nowhere near close to there because at this time God is still expected to be at the temple in Jerusalem that God has a physical location so this is far away from God physically how they understood it at the time and so that's kind of the beauty of it is people being so far away from God, but yet, you know, still God looking after them in the sense of the Jewish people did not die. You know, it's a girl about a. It's a book that's about a girl and her uncle, who were nobodies, rising up and helping save this massive group of people. You know, it's about even. It's also about a story where even when it's entirely focused on the men of the story, the woman is the one who saves everybody. And even though she is not seen as the main focus, she is the main focus. Mordecai, Mordecai is the main focus of the Book of Esther, but it's still called the Book of Esther because she's what's most important about that. It is validating women and their place. In the great relationship and great understanding between God and human, it's to understand the fact that this was written during a time where war and violence was so much more accepted than it was today, and that doesn't make it any better or worse than where we are today when it comes to how things happen, but understanding that those are ways and places and times that are do not matter to us right. It's also understanding that this book was written during a time where war and violence and people as property was culturally acceptable, and we are no longer at that point. And it is beautiful to be able to look back and see what people did, and also beautiful to look at the progress we have made as people to a more full understanding of who God actually is, because when we look at God, we look at Jesus, and we look at the creation story that we have. And those are the two best views into who God is and what God wants for us as humanity here today. And in those stories, there is very little violence. There's very little people as property. There's just love and accepting and challenging people on flawed views. And most importantly to me at least, it's the understanding that it's okay for a book in the bible to be more historically important than spiritually important there's this idea of spiritual importance put onto each and every word in the entire bible by some people and sometimes it is just more beautiful to understand that this is history this is some of the best preserved history that we have and some of you know the best-known history stories that we have are stuff like the book of esther and that's beautiful and it shows that as believers we should honor that historical side of it as much as we honor the spiritual side of everything that's in the bible so that's what i kind of think of the book of esther i would love to hear what you think of the book of esther Um, any comments any feedback anything like that I'd love to talk to you guys about it. Uh, you can come on over to facebook.com slash letsunpackit. There's a page there. You can like it, follow it for all kind of updates on everything that's happening. Um, ha- leave a comment if you would like anything like that. Um, and once again, that's facebook.com slash letsunpackit. Or you can reach out to me on Twitter at Josh doler That's J-O-S-H-D-O-L-A-R. No underscore. No anything like that that um we're also on itunes we're on soundcloud we're on stitcher we're on almost any kind of way that you can get a podcast on if you're listening there and you like it please give it whatever the highest possible rating of whatever system that is you can um and you know leave a comment if you want that would help uh me reach out to different people i want to thank you so much for those of you who have listened who have reached out to me um I've loved the feedback and I'm doing what I can to make this uh, better for everyone. And I'm trying to make this a better uh, product. Uh, I'm trying to make this a better podcast, uh, deeper podcast, stuff that people want to listen to and something that you would want to share with your friends or family um, and feel comfortable doing that. So I thank you for those of you who have done that already. Um, And until next time, thank you so much for joining me. God bless.